Dr. Rob McKenna, and welcome to The Wild Conversation, where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders, this is a big part, who are willing to learn and edit for their sake and for the sake of others. And good golly, we are desperate for trust. Without trusted leaders, we are lost. And to be trusted leaders, we must be and do two things. We must be courageous and we must be sacrificial. We must get stronger and we must edit is another way to say that. So let's just talk about trust for a moment and how desperate we are for it and how quickly it is disappearing in certain areas of our lives, our work and our world. And like so many weeks in the wild conversation, I want to bring up some real things that might make some of us a little bit uncomfortable. But if we fail to talk about the things that make us uncomfortable, are we really talking about anything important at all? And discomfort might mean that I may use words that you assume you disagree with, but I hope that you won't put me in any boxes based on any of my attempt to use the English language to describe trust. I have my convictions and I know that I'm always at risk of being ironic and when we get real, we all take that risk. So I will not avoid the hard things, hopefully, and I will not attempt to appease anyone, but to speak from my heart through this series. So let's go and let's dig deeper. Um, here's one of the big challenges. We do not know who or what to trust anymore. been thinking a lot about this. And while I mostly avoid any talk that would say we have it any better or worse than other generations, to avoid the reality that we live in a different time, once again, would be naive. We do not know who to trust. We don't trust media and information. Did you know that 66% of us have not very much to know trust in all the media? This isn't about whether or not the news, the news can be trusted or is accurate, um, social media or mainstream, conservative or liberal, but that regardless, we don't trust. And we don't trust information we get on our devices unless it confirms our current thinking. And it quite possibly could be we have so much of it and that information is customized to us in a way that confirms what we already believe. There is such a thing, one of the most powerful things in psychology is a confirmation bias. I will never forget sitting in the great conversation with Ron Warman on a stage. There's a whole longer story there. Um, back in February of 2020. So you do the math. This is my last flight that I took for a while. And sitting next to a security leader who said, if your device is in the room, it is listening to you. This is 2020, people. Not only are we distrusting dis of information in general, but it's being customized to us and doing what we have known about for years as confirmation bias. Confirming what we already believed or wanted to see. And we are living in a moment where confirmation and the broader Meinhof, the sorry, the Bader Meinhof phenomenon, which you want to go look that up, or what's called in the frequency illusion, and psychologically speaking, has never been more prevalent. You know, we know that if we put our attention to something, if we buy a certain kind of car, we're going to see that car all over the place because that's what our minds do. And so there's there's something going on that we have to, and it, it's maybe affecting our trust. We don't trust research. We don't trust research anymore. And sometimes I'm not sure we should. And I, as a, as a, as an empiricist and a research, research scientist myself, you know, that was something I struggle with calling research that is not research research. 
say that 10 times fast, because it confirms your current belief probably isn't smart. Did you know that there's a pretty strong research? There's pretty strong research suggesting that pro, I'm, I'm going to light some of you up. So I get it. I'm going to see both sides that probiotics do nothing to help with your gut health. Someone actually suggested that taking a probiotic to help your gut is like putting a domesticated cat into a jungle and expecting it to live. Your gut is that powerful and wild or potentially I'm not a gut scientist, but I did, I did read some research about it, but I was at a hospital the other night visiting a friend and a nurse came in and gave me a, gave my friend a probiotic. Can you imagine what that costs? That friend's insurance company. I'm just saying. And did you know that the cor that correlation is not causation and that correlational research is used all the time? We do it all the time. Like we make this mistake to make us believe that one thing is causing the other. The challenge is we agree with it if we like it. So what do we trust? And regarding some of the biggest research questions of our time, you know what they are. I'm not going to mention them <laughs> on any issue. I know very smart people who say research says one thing. And I know another group of really smart people who say it says something else regarding you name that hot family dinner table topic with your in-laws. You name it. My point is this. <laughs> What research can we trust? And when we no longer trust the news, information, research, and even each other, what are we left with? Trust is a necessary part of daily life. It is a necessary part of our human functioning. If we don't trust the water we drink, we are lost. If we don't trust, you know what currency is about? Money is trust. If we don't trust our currency, our entire economic system breaks down. If we don't trust our government, all we do is look over our shoulders. And if we don't trust each other, oh my goodness, where are we? And worst of all, if we don't trust our leaders or if we as leaders are not trusted, wow, without trusted leaders, we are lost. To be trusted leaders, we must be and do two things. We must be courageous and sacrificial. We must get stronger and we must edit. So what does it mean to become a trusted leader? According to a recent US recent study by US News and World Report, if we can trust the news, right? So especially with the name. Okay, so here is what we're here is what we are saying would increase our trust in our leaders. Here's the list. Be honest, put people first, be transparent, communicate, be reliable, be a team player, take action and get results, show some ethics. That's number seven. That cracks me up. Show some ethics. I kind of like the way it said. And then be respectful. <laughs> like, really? Like, we have to put that on the list? <laughs> Show some ethics. Okay, sorry. So it sounds like an easy list, right? Just because we're saying we want these things, does that mean when we are faced with a leader like this, we will like it? Maybe so, or maybe not. Because I would add this to that list. Same list. Do the things I want you to do. Because... If we really get into the story behind that list, we would quickly realize that every one of those things is a paradox when we really are trying to live up to the standard we want in a leader. So number one, be honest as long as I like what you say. Number two, put people first as long as it's the people I think should be first and not the ones I don't. Number three, be transparent and communicate, but if you show vulnerability and question yourself like a normal human being, I won't vote for you, support you, or back you. I know it's horrible. Be, number four, be reliable, but it's okay if I'm not. Number five, be a team player, but play by my rules. 
Number six, take action and get results. It's a good thing, right? But do what I think is the right thing, even if we don't get the result, get results or make the money unnecessary for my paycheck. And then I'll be mad at you for that. Number seven, show some ethics. Come on, show some ethics. Morality, for gosh sakes, as long as it's my version of morality. And finally, number eight, be respectful. I don't really have a catty comment about, about this one. Just be respectful. I do wonder if most people actually want this when I look at many of our leaders, but just be respectful. Um, this is precisely why most efforts to develop leaders have failed and why we roll our eyes at most leadership training and why we must revolutionize our approach to developing leaders and being the leaders we can trust. And according to a recent Gallup research, only 21% of employees strongly agree that they trust the leadership in their organization. And according to Gallup research, what are the three things a leader can do to make it so 95% of their people trust them? Lead and support change, communicate clearly, and inspire confidence in the future. Simple, right? Easy. Just go do that and most all of us will trust you. Like most survey research we hear, these aren't even correlations. These are, It's not even that high level. So we have so little data from places like Gallup on how to get to the places where we lead and support change, communicate clear and inspire confidence in the future. The person as a leader who sat, think about this, the person as a leader who satisfies those eight things US News and World Report says are important. And those three things that Gallup says are the formula for an incredible, are the formula, that person, incredible human being, incredible human being. The leader we should the leaders we should trust are often not the leaders we choose. So what is the litmus test for the trusted leader? If you were to ask me and you said, Rob, hey, give me the litmus test. So how do I know? What's the fundamental indicator? If we looked for it, that would tell us that we are in front of a leader we might or should begin to trust. I would suggest to you this. The fundamental test is this. The leader we can trust the most is the leader who can express themselves with the least amount of blame. I heard Dr. Edwin Friedman say this in front of 400 Microsoft managers back in the 90s with regard to the definition of the most effective leader, the leader who can express themselves with the least amount of blame. Blame. What is blame and what does that mean? While it's too bad that our litmus test is the absence of something bad, I get that, it's compelling. Who is a person who expresses themselves, their convictions, values, and their position and beliefs without blame? This is a person who knows who they are, a person who is constantly working to understand themselves better, is taking responsibility for their actions, good and bad, is not responding out of compulsion to please or compulsion to dictate, does not talk behind others' backs, and does not blame the current challenge on someone else. If this is true, if this litmus test is true, we have some work to do. We ourselves, I have some work to do. And at the risk of being a blamer, okay, I get that. That's the irony, right? I know I'm at risk right now. Our current political situation and the situations happening between normal Americans is a little scary. Our most public role models are modeling something that I see in so many of us. And I see it in myself. When we blame someone else for the situation we're facing and talk about what they do, their motives, their beliefs in front of them to our constituents or behind their backs. We gossip, we get back on the playground, we go to the virtual water cooler on a private Zoom meeting, 
And we are behaving not like children because that is a disservice to every kid. We are behaving like juveniles when we're supposed to have grown out of it. And I see it on every side of the aisle. And honestly, it feels gross. It's gross when I see it myself and gross when I experience it from others. So let me turn the corner. Let me turn the corner on what it means to be a trusted leader. Someone who at the most basic level can talk about anything that matters with that least amount of blame. And when we see that in the leader in front of us, what are they like? That person is who is honest, caring, sees us, consistent, clear, convicted, and taking responsibility and giving us a vision and path, we can begin to trust enough to step with them. Here would be some of those litmus tests. Let me add to this list. Friends. A trusted leader has friends they disagree with. Number two, questioning. A trusted leader is honestly testing the null hypothesis. If you don't know what that is, the null hypothesis in research is the claim that the effect being studied does not exist. I love it. Then we, when we do rigorous research, we put it on the table that we are testing. We have to think about what the thing is we do not believe is true, whether or not it's true or not. That the effect we see does not exist. As soon as we stop entertaining arguments against us, we can no longer be trusted. Tell what you believe and now tell me why you might be wrong. This is why I always asked our doctoral students to present their hypothesis and then honestly argue the other side. Not to simply see the holes in their convictions, not to do it just out of like, because you're supposed to do that, but to do an honest assessment of where they are wrong. We must keep testing the null hypothesis about ourselves and each other. Number three is learning. A trusted leader is learning and editing, willing to hit the backspace key on things that may even be about their character. Number four, reluctant but ready. The trusted leader is aware of the stakes in the game of leading for us and others and has the courage to lead anyway. I think every leader who gets interviewed should be asked to you, if I offer you this job, what causes you to be reluctant to take it? And if someone can't tell me, I'm not sure they're aware of the stakes. I'm not sure they're aware. We, we, we like people that are confident, but are they able to express some reluctance of what it might do to their family? Of the stakes if they fail. Number five, truthful. A trusted leader sees the difference between a truth and a working theory, an idea or a question they will continue to seek to answer. And number six, competent and full of character. This is what is so rare. We must have a surgeon who knows how to do surgery. <laughs> but we don't want someone who will just put us under the knife without getting into the full story. We need a leader who sees us and will work at making better decisions. So competent and so humble. Number seven, a trusted leader is courageous and sacrificial, getting stronger and editing for the sake of themselves and for the sake of others. A trusted leader is courageous, has all of the fortitude and the resilience and the courage and the confidence and the efficacy. You name the word. Those things are necessary. We have to build those things in ourselves and others. And at the very same time, put on the table the pieces of that same picture that that person would need to sacrifice if necessary. And here's the problem. We don't choose the leaders we should trust. We too often choose leaders who are convicted over compassionate. We follow conviction. We follow leaders we agree with too often over the leader we should trust. We don't typically choose leaders who still have questions, are learning, who have friends different than us, 
who are reluctant at all. When we seek leaders who are only competent and confident, we've lost it. We have to open the door to leaders we can trust, and we must get intentional about filling the world with new options. Like This is what is amazing about this community. We are going to fill the world with new options. Can you imagine that? A world full of leaders worthy of our trust. So where do we start? Trust is a deeply personal issue for us. If not, it is not only relevant at a national level, it's impacting leaders every day in the one-on-one -on -one conversations they're having with their teams and their loved ones. It's personal and it starts with us. But we don't become a trusted leader by trying to be a trusted leader. We don't become a trusted leader by trying to be one. We become a leader others may trust by working intentionally toward our aspiration for wholeness. The division within ourselves is even more powerful than the divisions between us. We cannot work to reconcile our differences between us, our problems with our work teams, you name it, between us if we haven't reconciled the brokenness within us. A leader we can trust who satisfies our litmus test is, a, is someone who is learning and growing, knows themselves and is working to know themselves better, is editing, strengthening their wisdom and, and of discernment muscle, meaning they see as clearly as any of, any of us what is actually happening. And our role as leaders is huge. The call is significant and the right preparation is possible. And if you know me, you know that I have too much experience developing whole leaders to reduce your development as a trusted leader to one or two things. And you know that I've spent my entire adult career building a system and an architecture, a scaffolding that will allow each of us as individuals, as team members, as family members to stand on a platform of trust. We have to intentionally move toward our aspiration for wholeness. We cannot be trusted if we don't know why we're here. Our mission and purpose is our anchor. So imagine how different it would be if every person on our teams and every leader we prop up was thinking and clarifying their why. We cannot be trusted if our goals lack meaning because we'll know it and our questioning of ourselves will cause others to question us. We cannot be trusted if we do not know ourselves honestly and are working at knowing others better. We cannot be trusted if we don't understand our past and what we will do next. We cannot be trusted if we don't understand our skills and our weak areas. We can't be trusted if we aren't taking an honest look at our character and growing it, or if we don't understand our motivations. We can't be trusted if we aren't investing in the flourishing and growth of others. And we can't be trusted if we aren't surrounded by people who give us straight truth and people who tell us we are right on target, who love us in spite of our journey out of brokenness. And a person who is the opposite of all those things is almost always someone invested in their development as a whole leader in person. Those are all the ways we can't be trusted. And I'm here to tell you that the wild, what the wild conversation is about, what this community is about, what wild leaders is about, is about an intentional path based on so much incredible research and the story of great leaders toward turning the corner and turning we cannot be trusted into we can be trusted. Our team at Wild Leaders sees leaders and teams turn this corner every day. There's a lot there. The leader who can be trusted deals directly with problem people because they are aware that the one problem person can dis cannot disrupt the lives of the eight other people on our teams. The goal today, my goal today is not to be a trusted leader. Our goal is to stand firmly in who we are with a willingness to change who we are, to know ourselves where, well, to share ourselves well, to change ourselves well, and to do all of that for the sake of the ones who have been put in our care. That's the mission we are on together as a community. And let's keep this conversation going. Thank you for listening to this Wild Conversation. To join our live Wild Conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wildconversation. And subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations.
Have a great day.